in your fucking face adjunct crash course we're back in place motherfucking season two right now in your fucking face this is buffalo bangkok hitting you up and i am here with my main man tony marucci i'm rocking and rolling i'm Rocking and rolling from rainy Bangkok, Thailand. I want to say what's up, so whitey crop, to all you motherfuckers out there listening. Welcome back. We appreciate you joining us here on the podcast. And what's up with motherfucking Tony Marucci over there in Denver? It's fucking snowing, right? You got Tony. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We are close, but. You know, being the conservative guy that I am, I like to look at all the angles in life. So far, no snow. That means, uh, I don't know, man. Like, fucking hate snow, bro. I just don't want to deal with it. Just really don't want to deal with it today. So, no snow. But it's coming Monday, I guess. Which is probably like Sunday for all these people listening. Fuck, man. I'm just confusing myself with this bone. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well out here. It's been, it's been rainy as fuck over here in Bangkok. We've been getting a lot of rain. It's still monsoon season. Now, the, the monsoon season officially ended, but 
it still continues a few weeks after that. It doesn't uh, like doesn't really end until about November, late October. So we're still getting a lot of rain. But yeah, aside from that, I mean, it's pretty quiet. Not really a lot of tourists around here, but there's still places open. Still some fun happening around here. Of course, the virus situation here hasn't really been too bad. So we've been we've been pretty lucky over here. And uh, yeah, man, it's still Bangkok. It's still crazy. It's still fun. It's still all good, man. So yeah, man, shit's pretty chill. Yeah, I'm hearing. I'm hearing that. I don't know. Like I heard something about an election. I heard there's gonna be an election. What's up with that, man? What's going on over there? I yeah, heard there's an election. <laughs> do like a, like a pumpkin and a zombie uh, versus uh, like uh, I, goddamn dude like the choices that I have to select from this year and the funny thing is is like I actually today I got a, I got an email telling me that they were going to send me my mail-in ballot I don't even remember registering to vote this year to be honest with you uh, I thought I fucked up and like forgot to send in the information that I was supposed to send in, but I guess I did. I don't, dude, I'm having like many strokes lately. I, I really am. I think like, I'm just forgetting like entire lapses of time. Unfortunately, I can't forget about the fact that like, uh, we just had a recent debate on television between the vice president, uh, vice presidential candidates. And I think it comes back to apathy. And it's because people are so fucking apathetic that they don't want to take the time to study candidates. They don't want to take the time to look into other choices because people say we have a two party system, but we really don't. There are other parties out there. And especially with social media and everything, people can look into those parties, those parties can forward themselves and it's possible that independent candidates independent third fourth fifth parties could get into office if enough people would vote for them so i've been saying for years man people got to stop voting for republicans and democrats you got to start voting for independent candidates new blood especially some younger people as well who can really come in and do something. And a guy I really liked, he was actually a Democratic candidate, but I really liked him. Sadly, though, I don't think he could ever get elected. Certainly now, maybe in the future he could, but you know, he was Asian, he is Asian. Andrew Yang, that's the dude I really liked because he was one of the only people talking about fucking automation, the future, AI. A lot of fucking jobs are going to be gone. In the next 10 years, a lot of jobs are going to be replaced by computers and robots. It's already happening. I just saw a fucking picture of a robot that carries mail that's now working in the UK. They now have robot mail carriers in the UK. Mm-hmm. Dude, I mean, so many jobs, so many like waiters, uh, truck drivers. Uh, all sorts of service jobs. I mean, a lot of those are already gone now with the fucking pandemic. And, and dude, a lot of those aren't going to fucking come back because 
when stuff starts to come back online, it's going to be a fucking robot doing that job. What the fuck is going to happen? And neither of these motherfuckers, like you're saying, the fucking orange man or the skeleton, fucking Skeletor over there, neither of those motherfuckers are talking about that. Andrew Yang is talking about that, right? That's the type of dude we need. We need a younger, smarter dude or woman, whoever, who's really talking about future issues. And it's just a fucking travesty that somebody like that isn't in this election. Yeah, I uh, I guess I'm like guilty of being one of those apathetic people that uh, haven't looked into other candidates. And to be honest with you, I haven't looked into the primary candidates. Um, I think like a lot of people this year, I've been suffering a little bit of an existential crisis of thinking about what you're talking about there with like how every jobs are being like tossed. Like this year alone, we've lost so many jobs in this country. Um, the other day, and I try to mention it a minute ago is that uh like i saw an article there is a dispensary in pueblo colorado or trinidad i can't remember um that has like the first uh marijuana vending machine um and then at the end of this year we are uh, officially beginning the marijuana delivery service so that like makes the bud tender job kind of obsolete um which is going to affect like the marijuana industry in the state um so i mean yeah it's on the way and i guess like like i said like uh thinking about this kind of stuff it's kind of set me spiraling uh near the end of this year um things are still pretty good at my job thankfully and i'm in management so i don't really bud tend anymore but i found this talking about my job i found this um sir i guess it's a survey or an, an assessment uh it's an existential assessment from panthers gate uh metaphysics and martial arts um and i'll be uh going over this assessment during the course of the show and uh delving deeper into how the that ties uh into the political atmosphere and uh, or socio-political atmosphere I guess. and a lot of people too out there listening maybe if you haven't traveled abroad if you don't know about the rest of the world it used to be before the orange man came in, that America was like the envy of the fucking world. People wanted to go to America. People fucking envied America. America was the fucking leading light for the whole fucking world, despite all our fucking problems, because we got plenty of them. Still, people all over the fucking world admired America. Now, people are fucking laughing at us. First, they were fucking laughing at us because of all the stupid orange man shit. Now, you know what they're doing? They're fucking pitying us. I have people from fucking impoverished villages in the northeast of Thailand, one of the fucking poorest parts of the world. People say to me when they ask, oh, where are you from? I say America, and they say, oh, yeah, really sorry about your country. Jeez, it, yeah, it really sucks over there now, huh? People from fucking impoverished villages in third world countries are fucking looking down on us and pitying us. People don't want to fucking go to America anymore. People fucking pity us. That's fucking pathetic. That's some fucking sad shit. And maybe... Motherfuckers out there just don't care about what the rest of the world thinks, but you should. 
because it's a fucking globalized economy. It's a fucking world we all have to live together in. And just our prestige as a country, that's fucked up, man. That shit's sad. Motherfuckers looking down on us. And that's all because of the fucking orange man. And again, this is not some red or light, you know, red left fucking red blue shit. This is this is like a fuck dude who's just not mentally fit to be in there. Should have never been in there in the first place. Stop the orange night. Don't give a fuck who has the solutions. I don't care if it's a Republican, a Democrat, an independent. Fucking stop it. It's nuts. For real. It's fucking sad. Fred's wife is 10,000 miles away, and his relationship status is good. No high points this week, though. His wife started working under tight restrictions. The Aussie dollar is climbing. Time does heal things, but he doesn't like to talk finances. He's frustrated with school districts. He's skeptical. These guidelines for kids aren't taking into account. Bob's falling asleep. Extracurriculars are really important for proper development. And he thinks there's going to be irreparable damage to the kids. Kim is happy again. His apartment is very nice. His financial is good to spend. And everything is normal. No future shit at all. He plans his day hour to hour. No drugs or alcohol. Nothing bothers him. He's happy. And his lazy boy. Terry's phone call interrupts my personal change plan, but I don't call him an asshole. Even though he's active in the call, I stay active in my treatment. So you're talking about conflict. You're talking about conflict, and that's a lot of what this election is. A lot of it's about conflict. It's about choosing sides. It's tribal, right? And why is it that people have such a need for conflict? They have such a need to be part of a tribe, right? You see this, you see this with the orange man. And his followers is like he could say whatever he wants. He actually said he could go shoot somebody on the street and that it wouldn't be a big deal. So I wonder if he really did that. He really went out and shot somebody on the street. What, what would his followers say? I bet they'd probably be like, oh, yeah, the First Amendment or Second Amendment, whatever the fuck, right? I mean, people are just so fucking wired into this conflict and need to be part of something, need to fight somebody else. And I think that's all about our evolutionary instincts. Because when we were fucking cavemen running around, when we're out in fucking Africa running around, right? We always had to fight with other people. We always had to be fucking, you know, fight or flight and worried about a tiger coming and eating us and all that, right? So we just have that wired into us. And if you're not in some kind of conflict, if you're not striving for something you feel really listless and you don't like have a purpose so i think conflict because of our evolutionary origins is just wired into our dna 
And our ancestors were the ones who survived the conflicts, who thrived, who were the victors and these intertribal battles. So I think it's just wired into us, man. What do you think? Uh, that's like, I mean, I think that's pretty spot on. Um, I think it's really interesting. There's a, there was a, I saw this on uh, Fargo and actually looked it up. I guess it is true, but uh, human beings, I guess, can see more colors or more shades of the color green uh, than any other color in the spectrum. And it comes from uh, like prehistoric times or Neolithic times, I guess, uh, when like human beings had to like look through the foliage and see uh, their predators. Like, hey, I had to look through different foliage to see, like, their predators coming for them or something like that. Um, we're always on guard, essentially. And then you see how, like, the color green dictates everything in um, contemporary society, especially conflict. Uh, money is the driving factor between, uh, behind conflict. Um, and I think, like, essentially we have built and we, we've seen the pitfalls of capitalism during the course of this pandemic with so many people losing their jobs and everything um you see how much uh the the inner tension in this country has like reached a boiling point um and it's because we have so much time to think about um all the problems in our lives and like and we have so many fingers to blame um everybody for what's going on uh, so taking personal responsibility or even pointing the finger in the right direction, I guess. Um, so I think I, I saw an interesting article today. They were talking about how like certain nerve endings in the arm of human beings are uh, showing uh, signs of like evolving, as in like human beings are physiology or physically uh, evolving. Um, and, and it's just interesting to think about like perhaps in the year 2067, like the advancements of the human body. But like when I sit down and I try to think about um, how we're going to evolve, like conceptually or uh, like get in touch with like our, our ourselves more or get in touch with like a, a greater sense of community or tribe, as you were talking about, uh, I, I find nothing but a blank space. Uh, like a, a fucking existential void man because uh, i just don't see the track that we're on um, presently i don't see like any sort of great advancements in the way that we like perceive ourselves or each other well i think that i i think you're totally right but i think also that void i think that's also an opportunity because mm -hmm. instead Instead of looking for something to belong to, something to be a part of, I think people need to look intrinsically and look to themselves, mm -hmm. right? You are your own God, I believe. I, I believe that if there is a God, it's some sort of absentee landlord type thing, uh, as was theorized. And, and I, I just, I feel like you need to, to look to yourself. So instead of people like looking to, oh, well, what's, where do I belong, right? Well, you should belong to yourself, right? You should fucking do things that you want to do and things that are going to benefit yourself 
things that are going to enrich your knowledge. And there's just so much out there. I mean, there's so many great books and movies and there's lots of it's art. You can create, you can do a lot of things. But sadly, a lot of people just aren't creative people and they're not thinkers. And so they look to other people to tell them what to think and, and to, to belong to something. So I, I think our best hope is that we have just more creative people, thinkers, communities that do positive things. And maybe maybe we just have more better, better community groups that just organize like activities that, that will ben ultimately benefit others, like do stuff like have cookouts and open art galleries and readings of stories and poetry and and making movies and, and just doing collaborative things that are bettering people. But I think first of all, first and foremost, we need to look to ourselves and enrich ourselves, become more knowledgeable. I think everybody should look into learning coding, learning computers, learning robotics, right? Read books, learn how to think, learn mathematics, science, because we're moving towards a really technological future. I mean, the whole way we've been doing things is going to shift. It already is. So I think we need to be you know, futurists and we need to be pursuing knowledge. Yeah, you stab it feels like you're stabbing me in the chest with a ice cold fork every time you say community. But I agree with I think like you, you touched on like how I feel is like looking to like like the intrinsic self um, or guidance in the future. Uh, I, for one, I, I totally agree that like the way that the future is going, everything's going to be STEM based, you know, science, technology, electronics, math or whatever. Um, I agree with that, man. But my whole goal from here on out, and maybe it's just like I, because I've squandered so many opportunities in my life and I've kind of like uh, become I don't know, accepting of, like, I did a lot of exposure therapy in 2018, and it's essentially, like, where you just write down these worst-case scenarios for yourself, and you, like, try to, you, like, read over them over and over again to try to desensitize yourself to the worst-case scenario, so you're, like, you know, if it happens, then, fuck, you're okay with it, I guess, <laughs> or whatever, but um, I, I think throughout the course of that, I became more accepting of my uh, status in like my economic status, I guess, as opposed to, and in course of doing that, um, I became dissatisfied with like my, uh, like my spiritual self and like my, uh, my cognition, my overall cognition, I guess. Um, so that, that's my whole goal uh, for the, rest of my life is just to come to terms with that and i'm fuck the outside world man i'm sorry if that's like harsh to say and maybe i'm like just dehumanized at this point but i'm i'm fucking i'm having like and maybe like we'll talk about this further in season two but i'm having some like real issues with like humanity right now Ilanda, or fuck man i'm just having some issues and uh like i don't want to like touch on it too much but like I've pretty much given up hope on like humanity finding its way in the dark. 
Oh, well, don't feel bad about that. I gave up hope in, in that a long time ago. Shit, yeah. man. <laughs> I've had a years, dude. That shit, man. I, I think generally humans are, we're, we're fucked. We, we, we've fucked up the planet. We, we've, we've built this whole economy around petrol, petroleum, oil, a non-renewable, dirty fucking resource that's polluted the shit out of the planet. It's fucked the planet. I mean, look at what's happened with the planet, fucking wildfires, global warming, catastrophic hurricanes happening all the time, all the pollution, all the shit we've put in the air and the soil and the water. And then even worse than that, people actually argue that. People are like, oh, no, no, this is natural. This, this just naturally happens. No, some of that shit does happen naturally for sure. But no, we have fucked the planet. And that is really not something that's open to debate. I mean, people actually debate science. Like, dude, science is the gathering of knowledge. I mean, seriously, how, how can you fucking, like, like some fucking moron go on, goes on to fucking Twitter and, and fucking sees some post and then wants to argue with fucking astrophysicists. I mean, fucking Joe Rogan, a dude I'd actually really liked and respected and enjoyed his podcast. I heard him actually trying to debate an astrophysicist saying that somehow like humans didn't land on the moon. He went into all this like this junk science he'd like heard on some podcast or something. And this dude who's a fucking cage fight commentator is trying to debate a fucking astrophysicist. Yeah, bro. Like, we've especially with social media too. I mean, this shit is. I mean, it has had some positive impacts on society, but. Oh, the divisions is caused. It's made people so much fucking stupider. People are just in these echo chambers. Nah, we've been fucked for years, but we're even more fucked now. So, like, like it goes back to what I'm saying about some communities. Is like that doesn't have to be some hokey fucking let's go and fucking stand in a circle and sing kumbaya kind of shit. It's, that doesn't have to be some fucking drum circle kind of shit. Although nothing against drum circles, because that's you know that, that's cool if you want to do that, but it's like, dude, just find a couple cool people. Like a community doesn't have to be a whole fucking city. It could just be a fucking neighborhood. It could just be a fucking handful of cool people. You guys get together, do something fun, and that's fucking chill, man. Find other fucking cool people, somebody who's smart, somebody who's interesting, somebody who's funny, somebody who's sexy, whatever it is, fucking find that person have a good time and enjoy the fucking life you have. Cause the end of the day, what do we really fucking have other than this fucking moment, right? Tomorrow, a fucking rock could come from the sky. A fucking asteroid could come and fucking hit us any fucking time. A comet could fucking fly in and fucking blast everything, destroy everything. All we fucking got is this fucking moment, this fucking day. So fucking enjoy what you can of it because you never fucking know. I mean, you could fucking die tomorrow. You could fucking just get a heart attack and fucking drop fucking dead. So it's like, dude, this is the time you got. Enjoy it. Find other cool people if you can. And if you don't want to find other cool people, that's fine too. Just fucking chill out yourself. Have a drink. Smoke some fucking weed. Read a fucking book. Play a video game. Watch a fucking movie. Do whatever you want to do, because this is just it, man. This is our time, right? So enjoy it. That's what I say. I'm waiting on that comment, motherfucker. Let's go.
Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, it's coming. It's coming, dude. It's fucking coming.
Yo, check this out. So I did find, like I mentioned, this uh, this weird like worksheet kind of fucking job. It's called uh, it's from Panthers Gate Metaphysics and Martial Arts. I haven't really done enough research into these guys to see if they have like an actual dojo or something, or if it's just some weird like um, I don't know kung fu cult or something. I don't know what's happening, but uh, I've got this existential consulting and guidance assessment, and I'm going to take it on the air. So you feel like chiming in, bro, feel free. Uh, but I got some shit to work out. Yo, break this down. Break let's it go. down. All right. It says here, we need to assess where you are. Uh, we call this your first house. Or you are where you are not because of where you have been, but because of where you are going. And that sounds like some AA bullshit to me. Uh, this will help your guide learn about your situation, worldview, and the existing matter of which you both will undertake in your transformation. This is the prep work for beginning Flash, F-L-A-S-H, development. Uh, let see. Are you looking for personal, professional, or overall development? I think I'm looking for overall development. What about you, bro? Are you looking for any of these things? Nah, not really. Not yeah. really. <laughs> I, 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 I really can't complain. I've been very fortunate in life, very unfortunate in many ways. But dude, I, 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 I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I gotta say, I can't really complain a whole lot. All right, cool. I like that. All right. So what are your three greatest achievements? What is your greatest dream? And how do they relate? Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, three greatest achievements. Um, fuck, man. As shallow as this sounds, I guess, like, and I don't even know what order these are in. Um, I guess, like, being on Better Call Saul was, like, a pretty cool achievement. Um, so that's one. And that seems, like, really superficial to me. So I'm hoping something deeper comes here and think about it. Uh, number two... Number two is, um, like, I have a kid, man, and I'm just now, and, like, I'll, I'll go ahead and say this, like, I, I have a kid, and, like, I'm just now repairing the relationship with my daughter uh, after being absent for the better part of a decade because of uh, her mother. Uh, so I guess, like, another achievement, the biggest achievement is uh, reestablishing that connection. So I'm going to put that one down. Like I said, this isn't in any order for those of you out there judging and being like, why didn't he mention his daughter first? That's kind of fucked up. Um, <laughs> uh, number three, I guess number three would be uh, like having my paintings put in galleries, which I've been fortunate enough to have. Uh, I, I take artwork very seriously. So uh, having my paintings recognized for some sort of intrinsic value, um, yeah, that's a that's a big achievement for me. So I'll I'll go ahead and use that one. And publishing books, I guess, a cleft jaw publishing books that was a big achievement. Cleft jaw was a big achievement for me. That's kind of the double there. Art, right? Um, do you have a greatest achievement, sir, or a greatest dream? Uh yeah, I, I would like to go back to what you meant or, or what you said before, because like 
I am very happy and I am very fortunate in my life, but I do feel like human beings, we are always evolving. So I will say that, yeah, every single day I try to do something to better myself, to learn something. I try to read a lot. Uh, I love reading books. I, I love doing things to improve myself as a human being, as a writer, as a thinker. So I do feel like like we're always developing. So I do want to keep improving as a human being. And I think that as long as you're living, you can keep improving. Like I saw something, some stupid article, some dumbass had written about how like once you get to a certain age, you just are who you are and you're not really going to change. And that's just it. And I thought that was the dumbest fucking thing I ever read. I think as long as you're living, you can always be improving, learning, bettering yourself. And uh, as far as like my greatest achievements, I, me personally, I would say the thing I'm, I'm most proud of and happy about is I got to travel the world and go to all these different places and countries and meet all these people. And so, yeah, that's been really fucking cool. Uh, yeah. And also spreading my writing all over the web. I had a lot of hits to my different blogs. I got published in a couple magazines that I liked. And so it's very very proud of that. I wrote a couple of books. Very proud of that. Uh, yeah, just also, too, I, I got to have sex with a lot of people. And I'm really proud of that and really happy that I was able to do that. And I got to have sex with some very, very beautiful women. And I'm very, very proud and happy that I was able to do that. So, yeah, I would say those are my, my greatest achievements in life. Those are good achievements. Um... I think my greatest dream here is something a la Bob Ross. Like I want to host my own like painting show, kind of like Bob Ross on PBS, maybe. I don't know. Um, or I want to draw or write for Batman. Those are like my two mm. greatest dreams. Like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I don't. I don't really have any dreams right now. I. Because I'm kind of, I got to say, I'm sort of living my dream. I, yeah. You seem out here fulfilled, in honestly. Like, you seem like you're living a pretty fulfilling lifestyle. So, it's awesome. <laughs> I have really been, I've really been very fortunate. So, I kind of am already living my dream and being out in this wild, crazy place and having lots of fun. So, uh, I'm kind of already living my dream. I'm very fortunate for that. But if, say the ties get sick of me and they decide to deport me back to America and I go back to America, then my dream will become. See, I, I was going to ask you about that. Do you, so we're talking about the way that these things relate, right? Like we're talking about the way that these things relate. And do you, I was going to ask you, do you think that that would be the case if you were still living in America? Oh, shit. I've been out of America so long. I've been out of there for 10 years. So I've just I've come back to visit a few times, but I've been out of there for 10 years and I have no idea. I have no idea. It would be like a whole different alternate reality for me. So I can't even say. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'd be staying still in Florida and I'd be enjoying myself. I had a fucking blast when I lived in South Beach and I love Miami. I love my hometown. But just, yeah, my whole life has been so much different and being out in Asia. So Nah, I couldn't even imagine it. It would be a whole alternate reality. Nice. Okay, here we go then. What challenges, 
and this, I, I'll start off here. What challenges have you overcome, uh, currently face, and look forward to in the future? It's asking me what challenges I look forward to in the future. And I don't think I've ever had anybody ask me that before. Because generally leading a lifestyle of conflict and uh, pratfalls, numerous pratfalls, uh, I don't really look forward to too many challenges. I'm like, I look forward to a break a lot because everything is sort of a challenge. So I guess the first challenge that I've overcome or like one challenge I've overcome is like uh, not being defined by my roots, uh, by my family or the place that I grew up in. Like ontologically speaking, I like to think of myself as kind of a fluid person. Um, and I don't think somebody actually told me the other day that um, that I am empathetic and that it is uh, amazing and like that the conditions that I grew up in, that I still show empathy and as deeply as I do, because I had to learn it on my own, essentially. And I never even like considered that um, because I, I guess like I do have empathy for um, like a lot of people in my life and I have empathy for those close to me. But generally speaking, I don't have a lot of empathy for people um, that aren't close to me. And it's something that I'm, that I'm trying to overcome and I'm trying to learn empathy uh, through the course of uh, therapy and what have you. Um, so I guess that's one that I'm currently facing. And then I look forward to the challenge of being uh, too empathetic with strangers in the future, I guess. Like I look forward to dropping my guard a little bit too much. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you say dropping your guard around strangers. I think it's good to be on guard around strangers. I don't know. I feel like I'm hyper vigilant, bro. Like I don't. I, I like give complete strangers the middle finger. Um, I gave. I gave someone <laughs> the finger and yelled "fuck you" to her because she was trying to cross the street across from me and my dog, and she had a dog, and I didn't want the dogs to fight, and I was hoping she was going to cross like on another block, but she decided to cross the same way, and I. And like it's really fucked up in my like my thought process in the moment. I like think about it afterwards, but during the course of it, I was like, "Why the fuck did this stupid fucking woman decide to cross the fucking street when she knows my dog is like amped up about her dog?" And like obviously, there's gonna be a fight in the middle of the fucking street. And like I I sit there and I got all like worked up, uh, just because I didn't think that this woman had enough consideration for like what was going to happen in the future. So I like want to stop doing that. Uh, yeah. it's gotten it's gotten really bad dude i give i like i cuss people out all the time on the sidewalks i like like i say uh, the finger all the time oh dude don't do that man because you never know like especially in america you never know what kind of fucking morons got a gun and try to fucking shoot you or some shit right it's, it's gotten really bad like i'm this pandemic has made me like i already had problems with being hyper vigilant but the pandemic has like really sent me into a deep sense of isolation and I feel like easily threatened by uh, people encroaching on my like personal space. So, mm. yeah. Well, you know, dude, dude, I mean, we should all be vigilant. We should all be uh, defensive and we should all be protective of ourselves and our loved ones and our pets, all that shit. But yeah, man, you just never know who's got a fucking gun, especially in America. Right. So, yeah. That shit gets scary. Yeah. Right. Well, and I guess. over here, 
over here in Thailand, man, people get like really pissed off if you uh, get angry or you yell at somebody or you make somebody lose face. That's a big thing over here, especially if a foreigner does it. And uh, yeah, man, you talk shit to the wrong person, you, you fucking piss off the wrong person. They might like literally kill you. There was a dude, uh, not my friend, but a friend of my friend who was visiting out here. He was from Texas. He came out here and he was at some bar and there was a group of guys who were just being loud or something like that. He just tells them to shut the fuck up, right? One of the dudes comes out with a fucking knife, literally decapitates the motherfucker right there in the bar. Yeah, uh, I've heard all sorts of stories about that. Like, so out here, it's just like part of the culture and Thai culture is one, they call it the Jayen, which literally translates to cool heart. Uh, uh, Jai is heart, Yen is cold, but it doesn't mean cold hearted, like as in malicious, it more means just chill, relaxed. So you're supposed to keep just like a chill exterior, a chill demeanor to you. And if, if you break that, if you get really angry, you flip out on somebody, especially for no reason, you make somebody embarrassed or uncomfortable, that shit could get really fucking bad for you very, very quickly. So out here, one thing I, I like about it is that people keep that just chill demeanor to them. They have the giant. They're just fucking relaxed and cool. It's just part of the culture here. It's part of the culture here to be patient, to be tolerant. It's just something I really fucking dig about Thailand, as opposed to America, where a lot of people just get so fucking angry all the time, especially in the East Coast. I mean, so many people like I grew up around. Most of my family's from New York. A lot of these motherfuckers, I just flip out like all the time. People are always fucking angry. I've got all that fucking anxiety. And, and that, that's part of what's wrong with fucking Orange Man is that dude is always like flipping out. He's a fucking New Yorker. Everything's like, fuck you. And it's just like, dude, man motherfuckers need to chill out they need to really they should really do fucking legalize weed nationally over there and everybody should be required to use it at least a couple times a week and i think that would help you're requiring everybody to smoke pot now it's like a night nationwide uh, marijuana mandate fuck yeah fuck yeah and if you can't smoke it you take it some you take some edibles you eat it oh yeah Okay. And, and, oh, and I got one further. I got a national yoga mandate. Okay. Everybody must do yoga at least once or twice a week. Yoga is fucking beast. Yoga really helps you chill out. I love doing yoga. You do yoga, man? You want to do yoga? No, dude, I don't do that. Oh, man, you got to get into the yoga, man. That shit is beautiful. It just it makes you feel so good. Really relaxed from that. My ex-wife kept trying to talk me into doing that shit, man. And I, uh, I guess I'm just like, I. everybody has their uh, outlets, bro. And like mine is just like, uh, and it's something I'm working on. This is everybody that's listening out there. I'm not like a fucking psychopath out here roaming the streets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better watch out for Francis Metro, Come near him on the street. You get near his dog, he'll fucking stab you, you motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like my uh like a big outlet of mine and it's always been it's like I like to fight too much and uh like we're talking about love conflict. I fucking 
it's something I'm working on. So that brings me to my next question. Who are your or what? It says who on here. Oh, it says who are. God damn. Okay, this changes the question then. Sorry. Uh, who are your top three to five priorities in your life and why? Well, I mean, obviously, my first one's my daughter. Uh, and this is a reason that I've been working on the whole like conflict thing. She actually asked me one day, she's like, she's like, Dad, can you please stop fighting so much? Because I was getting into like, random fist fights on the bus and shit like that a lot. And I tell, I'm really honest with my kid. Um, and I tell her and stuff. I got into like a, I got into a, a fight on the bus recently and uh, choked this guy out like on the front of the bus. And uh, like, I told her about it and she was like, dad, please stop fighting. She's like, I don't want you to go to jail. Or So I was like, okay. So that's the biggest priority there. Uh, second one would be my dog at this moment. Uh, and that's why I'm so hyper vigilant. So you see like the conflict there. Um, cause she's like really prey driven and, uh, she like, dude, like I, I can't even pass like a squirrel or a rabbit without this dog, like almost ripping my fucking arm off, like leaping at this fucking squirrel or rabbit. I call her like king of rabbits because she fucking will kill every single rabbit in her path. Like I joke with like people all the time, like on planet Misha, there's just Misha and a bunch of rabbits and she just slaughters them all day long. And she would be in heaven. This dog is fucking psycho. If anybody should be worried out there right now and you see me and my dog walking up the street, don't worry about me. You worry about my fucking dog because it's a psycho, but a playful one. Uh, and then I guess like for my third priority, oh God, is this going to sound like bullshit to say, man, myself at this juncture, like I'm working on myself right now. And that's like my biggest priority outside of these other two people is like, I want to better myself. Like you so talk about like how you try to better yourself each day. I don't feel like I better myself every day. Like some days I feel stagnant. Some days I feel set back and some days I feel left behind. Um, other days I feel like ahead of the curve, you know? So like, I want to stabilize that. I guess that's the why. So there you go. Word. I, I totally agree with that last one. For me, it's just, yeah, it, it's selfish in a way, but if you think about it, right, if you better yourself and you are part of the greater world right you better yourself you are also bettering the world because you are a better person if everybody betters themselves then everybody is better everybody is part of the collective right and then we all get better so everybody should be trying to do that everybody should be trying to better themselves right and that that's not selfish that that well it is selfish and it isn't right because you are part of the collective you are part of something greater than just you if you're a better person, you're smarter, you're nicer, you're friendlier, you're more knowledgeable, right? You are bettering the world by doing that. I certainly would love to like view that last one as more like subconsciously altruistic than being selfish. So I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah, I would agree. 
Nice, nice. Um, the next section is page two, and maybe I'll just save that for next uh, episode, and we'll go into that a little bit deeper. But uh, fuck, man, I don't know. This kind of actually gave me a little bit of clarity. And hearing your side um, is like really inspiring, man. I don't know. You kind of gave me some things to shoot for as far as like my uh, my like cosmological well-being. So thanks, man. Yeah, word, man. Glad to hear that. And I want to give a shout out to Thailand and to Buddhism because learning a lot about that has really benefited me. And being at a Buddhist country for most of the last two years, it's really bettered me and learning so much about the way that they view the world and themselves and how they are part of something greater than just themselves. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. So I really like the whole Buddhist mindset. And that's where a lot of my recent thinking has come from. I think uh, you were talking earlier about us being our own God and what have you. Obviously, that's a very nihilistic uh, viewpoint. I believe like Nietzsche basically said that and thus spoke Zarathustra. Uh, But um, I think it's funny that like I believe in the eternal ring of suffering or whatever, the eternal ring that's like we all like repeat this circle in life and we keep going round and round. I think you're actually on the circle of the Beastie Boys, man, because everything I hear from you, it sounds very like Beastie Boys. Like like you're from New York, you go and you find Buddhism, you're into the Beastie Boys. Are you the fourth member of the Beastie Boys? I just want to know straight up. I wish I was. I yes. fucking I was. I love those guys, man. I really do. I, I wish I was, and I am hugely influenced by them. I love everything they did. Uh, rest in peace to MCA. And yeah, I love those guys. Huge fan. Huge fan. I'm still saying you're the fourth member. Just, just to be clear. So I'm gonna tell all my friends you are, if that's okay. Yeah. Well, hey, I have a connection to them, and that my friend dated a girl who fucked Ad-Rock. No way. I, I swear, I am not kidding. This girl fucked Ad-Rock. She was a Beastie Boy groupie. Uh, well, I don't know if she was exactly a groupie, but she did know the band and did have a relationship with Ad-Rock for a bit. And my friend had dated her as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I smoked weed with her. I smoked weed. So my lips touched the same joint that touched her lips, and her lips touched Ad Rock's, well, probably his penis, penis, but certainly his lips. Yeah. So <laughs> I have touched Ad Rock. All right. Uh, you better add that to one of your greatest achievements. You should add that to your one of your greatest achievements. I like it. I, I, yeah, I, I would say so. I would say yeah. so. And you know what, man? I, I, I am so happy that I was able to share that story because I've not thought about that in years. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, no problem, man. Thank you. Word. The following will be the one and only time you will ever hear Radiohead on this show. Enjoy. Start now, you're ready, yeah. We can start now, we can start now, yeah. You have to let him start. Yeah. 
she has the strength to hold me Then again, the same old story Oh, travel oh so quickly Travel first and fade towards this time Down on the seashore Heaven knows It's got to be This girl watching her The things she said The time she cried Failed to watch this time Yeah, you want me to? Okay. All right. Take two. All right. So we've come to that portion of the show that we uh, used to call shout outs. I guess it's still called that. Um, basically, at the end of the, every show, we like to appreciate verbally, verbally appreciate um, somebody that's made some sort of accomplishments uh, in the world of sports, in the world of entertainment world of literature uh just in the world in general uh this week uh Nuamba, what you who you got man oh man well you know what i hate the whole like when somebody dies and everybody has to suck their dick or or eat their pussy kind of thing but you know what i i, I don't give a fuck i'm piling on the bandwagon and i'm just giving all my love to eddie van halen oh man i fucking love van halen loved his guitar playing 
And and I really love the original Van Halen. Like we had talked about this before. I I, I didn't fuck with Van Hagar. I, I didn't care for anything they did recently, but the original Van Halen, David Lee Roth, Michael Anthony on bass. Michael Anthony, one of the best bassists in the history of rock, very underrated. Uh, but fucking Eddie Van Halen, just such a great guitarist. I love how he didn't use rhythm tracks. His guitar playing was just enough to carry any song, his guitar solos, his riffs, and just how much he loved playing guitar. Like when you see him playing, he was always smiling. He was always running around and jump kicking. And he just, he just, his love for music, his love for rock, it just shined from him. It just did shine from him. The dude was just like an angel playing guitar. I loved his riffs. They were just fucking magical. He was such a fucking incredible guitarist. Somebody made the point that he was like our generation's Mozart. The dude was just such a genius. Absolutely fucking loved him. And they just don't make guys like that anymore. Like rock now. Like, like who the fuck is young and coming up in rock, man? Rock is on its way out, man. Rock is just is fucking dead at this point, man, as far as a relevant musical genre. You got fucking the, the amazing just music that these guys created. It was just so fucking incredible. They don't make guys like that anymore. And he was just one of a kind. His music was so awesome. Early Van Halen, some of the best fucking rock and roll ever fucking made. And I just want to give love and respect to him and his memories so as much love to eddie van halen love that fucking guy okay yeah um i fucking love running with the devil and i guess like on that uh you know like growing up and i mentioned this the other day on social media like growing up there was like a lot of different aspirations in my hometown uh you there's a lot of kids that wanted to be like farmers because they were all in like 4-H camp or club or whatever the fuck. Uh, and uh, and then there were people that wanted to be drug dealers. And uh, I wanted to fight in the fucking Kumite, man, uh, from Bloodsport. And <laughs> there is, uh, this is actually like a multiple shout out because first off, I'm going to give credit to Josh Barnett, former uh, UFC fighter who, um, along with GCW Game Changer Wrestling out of Southern California, has uh, put on for the last like three or four years this uh, show called Bloodsport. Uh, it's called Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. And they have like a ring with no ropes and it's like Kumite style fight, like shoot fighting with like professional wrestlers versus like uh, mixed martial artists. It's fucking awesome. Uh, some of the greats that I personally follow now, like uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr., who is like the son of the British Bulldog, uh, fucking Killer Cross, uh, fucking goddamn Simon Grimm, like real tacticians in the sport of wrestling and jujitsu and what have you. Uh, these guys like face off Minoru Suzuki from Japan, who's like literally the king of pro wrestling and probably the toughest man alive, uh, fought Josh Barnett in this kumite style blood sport fucking thing and it's amazing it's on youtube you guys should go check it out uh most recently i think uh it was announced that john moxley the aew world champion is going to be fighting at the next blood sport so that's going to be fucking rad um and then like the second part of that shout out is going to be for the guy who 
supposedly went to the Kumite, uh, because not many people know this, but Bloodsport's supposedly based on a true story. Uh, but it was recently found, and I guess it's been widely disputed, uh, Frank Dukes, uh, the guy that Jean-Claude Van Damme played in the movie, uh, supposedly made up this entire account of this fucking secret martial arts tournament to the death. Um, and he made a shitload of money off of it. So if it's true that Frank Dukes never fought in the fucking Kumite and never won the Kumite, uh, congratulations on being like ballsy enough to go around and say that you fought like a bunch of dudes who know different martial arts styles and won and, and fucking get a huge payoff and not like keep an eye over your fucking back constantly. So respect to that, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah. Much respect to the blood sport, to the Kumite, Frank Dukes. I love that movie. Great, great yeah. film. I've yeah. been watching that when I was, I just loved it. So much it's respect funny. to him. Yeah, it's like one of the best movie, like best fucking uh, martial arts movies ever. So. Oh yeah, I second that. I second that. Much respect. And much respect to everybody who's listened to this show. We really appreciate you guys tuning into us. Really appreciate everybody who was with us in season one. Really appreciate anybody who's come back, listened to us here in season two. Spread the word, like, share put this out even if you just want to fucking annoy somebody with this send it to them spread it around much love to everybody who's listened to the adjunct crash course podcast and i want to give all our listeners a big shout out and much love to everybody thank you so much for being with us respect